I'm Kevin Coleman at the boys underscore 22. I'm Jeff Bell at for whom J Bell tolls. And I am Christian Williams at C Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale. I do this day in and day out all night long. Yeah. This is all I think about. This is all I care about. Y'all all I care about. Let's go, man. It's here. We televised. So you know we got to show out. Yeah. They talking junk. So you know we got to put them to sleep. Yeah. Let's go, man. Let's go. go play. Let's go. We do this every day. We work too hard. Day in, day like I told y'all. They'll do what we do. They'll do what we do. They never know what we did. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Royale. This week is actually a lot better than last week, and we're excited about it. There's a bunch of different games, uh, and we're a lot of fun. Tonight, we're going to be picking week five games, looking at stars and sleepers for this weekend's games, and we're going to dive into some news. But I have a question for these guys I didn't let them know about. How is your C2C teams doing, Jeff? How do you feel about your C2C teams out there? I feel bad, Kevin. I have traded a bunch of guys off of one team for NFL talent. I've just said this C2C team's not going to work. Give me Mike Evans and give me, gosh, I, I can't even remember the other, oh, Devontae Adams. They made a trade for Devontae Adams and, and Mike Evans. And, and Christian knows I am 3-0 in that league in the NFL side. I am 1-3, and I think I might have messed up my waiver priority for our one waiver run and so you know that's about how well it's going I, I win and it shoots me in the foot um my other team my other ctc team i really like the team but it was also not winning and i got to figure out what's going on there that team is also one in three so my my experience has been a lot of fun it's been a learning experience my teams are not what i would consider to be good teams so <laughs> that's where i sit it right now christian how's your team doing out there Good. I actually, I ended up only in one C2C league. Um, I, I tried joining a couple others and a couple Debbies, but I'm feeling good because I am undefeated. I uh, My winning percentage is a, a nice one, 100%. So I will take that. Um, and I will just call myself the best C2C player uh, ever <laughs> to ever live uh, on this small sample size until I lose this week, probably, because I've been saying stuff like that. And I deserve it. How's your team, no, hey, Kevin? They're doing okay. The teams that I don't co-own in, or with, I am 4-0 and 3-1 and in those two. And in the one I'm a co-owner with Todd Foster, we are ass. We are 0-4, and, uh, and it's because he made me pick Brock Purdy and Keaton Slovis, even though I didn't want to. So that's really on his fault. That's not my fault. That's him. And we, we've already talked about that. But our NFL side, we're contenders. So that's and that's another thing about the C2C. You could actually have like those contending and like you could just go for it on the NFL side and say, screw it. Uh, or go for it on the NCA side. And so I think that's interesting. But uh, let's go to college football news. That's why you're all here. Arkansas beats Texas AM. Uh, you know, what are you what's your takeaway from this game? Christian, I know you really like Arkansas. Uh, what do you see from them, man? and what do you see going forward? Man, this team is athletic. Um, that you know that I feel like they have an athlete at every level of the defense. And then when you look at their offense, you wouldn't think that they're 
they're performing well. Um, but every single one of them, when they touch the ball, I feel like they are outmatching the the defense. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, Traylon Burks is the wide receiver one, I think. Uh, I and he's starting to pull away. If you look, I think uh, Jarek might have tweeted out uh, some analytics. I don't know numbers um, that Traylon Burks is like far and away the the wide receiver one. But this is a fun team. Uh, I'm I'm very excited about this team. I'm very excited for their game this weekend. Um, but yeah, it's just athletes all over the place. I think their ranking at eight is simply because they were misranked before. I think they should be higher, but they the AP poll isn't going to jump them, you know, 10, 11 spots. So I think what we see this weekend could vault them into being a top five team because I think they are a top five team in the nation. All right, Jeff, what do you think of KJ Jefferson? I like that he's athletic. You know, I, I talk about the like in the Konami code quarterbacks, and that's what KJ Jefferson brings. I think he's a good recipe for this team. I, I just love the physicality of this team. And, and also, you know, Christian mentioned the athletes all over the place. Um, I, I think they're, it's fair to have some questions about it because we don't really know that Texas is any good and they blew Texas off the field. And, you know, Texas A&M is a team that they, they struggled, you know, they perhaps probably should have lost to Colorado. Um, Zach Calzada at quarterback, you know, they've really struggled there. And so, I, I expected Arkansas to beat them and we got points going in that direction. And so we made that pick last week. Um, it, it was one of those that I think Jefferson is enough that he can win games with the town around him with getting the ball to Traylon Burks and, and Traylon Burks hap, letting things happen after he gets catches the ball. That's where he really excels. And, you know, this defense, you know, if you keep it moving, this defense will keep you in most every game. This week is the game. Uh, you know, we'll talk about it later, but I do think that I, and I completely agree with Christian's point too, that if we didn't have preseason polls, if you were to just rank blind, I think this team would be the number three team in the nation. And, you know, if you put them on a neutral field right now with, with Oregon, are you really going to take Oregon on a neutral field over what we've seen from this Arkansas team or, you know, a, a Notre Dame or a Cincinnati or anybody like that, or Iowa, you're not. And I think that this is the, the number three team in the nation. We're going to see this week, how they stack up with Georgia. So. No, I agree. I think when looking at the polls, like, and I'm, I would never take Penn State over this Arkansas team. Like, no. I just can't. I can't do that. Iowa, no way. God, how is Iowa always? God, Iowa. <laughs> Iowa's going to figure out some way, though, to finish like seven and five. It's something going to happen to her, even though they're 4 0. Like, Iowa's going to figure out a way to finish that seven and five or whatever. Oklahoma, Cincinnati's there. On the flip side for AM, I thought Spiller, you know, I liked Spiller. You know, he had 95 yards in that game, a touchdown, but he, he had five catches, too. Like, he's actually done very well on that receiving aspect aspect that you wanted to see him do better at this year I, I think you know to me he's the clear-cut running back one uh of that class like especially because that receiving work uh Brees is fine but I think Spiller is the better back in my opinion but Texas a they need a quarterback uh Zach Calzada is not is not there so it sucks for them they lost their quarterback that's there uh Drew Pine let, let a you know a, a convincing win against Notre Dame I think I I didn't really see this game I was with my family and I remember texting these guys like how the hell did Notre Dame just jump up over Wisconsin this fast? What happened here? So apparently Drew Pine came in. Uh, Tyler Mushroom did not come in. Uh, what did you think of this game? And, you know, what do you think of Notre Dame, Jeff? 
this kind of it just got away from Wisconsin. So Wisconsin took the lead 13 to 10 right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. They kicked off and Chris Tyree took it 96 yards to put him up 17-13. They put Graham Mertz behind the ball and and he's just not the type of guy that is going to play very well from behind in the fourth quarter and he threw multiple interceptions that were returned for touchdowns and so again this is a game that this was 17 or this was 13 10 Wisconsin winning right at the beginning of the fourth quarter and then Notre Dame just kind of everything the dam broke and, and everything broke in their favor I have a, a tough read on Notre Dame. It, and again, you know, we're going to talk about it this week. This week might be the game for Notre Dame, too. Um, it, certainly, we know Kyle Hamilton's a player. We know that the defense is, I don't know, it was iffy to begin the year. And it was much better against Wisconsin. But maybe Wisconsin's just a bad football team. I, I think that it's it's fair to wonder and question about that. And so this this win, while it looks impressive on paper, it was close and they didn't really pull away until the very, very end. And so I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to buy in on the, the Notre Dame team that we saw barely beat Toledo play Florida state who we Florida state is a bad football team. Go to overtime overtime against Florida state. I just want to see this week's game. Well, we know Graham Mertz is bad. Uh, four interceptions, like that's there. I do think we need to start worrying about Jalen Berger for some people out there. I mean, he had, you know, he, he hasn't got the carries that we'd like to see. He in this game, I think he had one carry. Like from from me, if if Maluzi is still there, I know you wrote about him. People should read the primer so they know who he is. Uh, Eighteen carries, fifty-four yards. Like he's a legit like prospect. But Jalen Berger, like he he's not getting on the field, and a lot of people wasted a lot of a high draft capital on him and, and Debbie drafts. I mean, especially Debbie drafts. So you're going to want to see that. Kyron, you know, 18 carries, 33 yards, navigate. Kevin Austin Jr., six catches, 76 yards, two touchdowns. Like, that's that, that was there. It would be interesting what that quarterback situation is going to be like. Pine came in. Pine was pretty heavily recruited. I know that he came in pretty high. A uh, bunch of not getting in there kind of confuses me uh, for the most part. Uh, but, yeah, overall, you know, to me, you know, it was what it was. But let's, let's get down to the juicier question here. Clemson goes down. So, you know, and, and Jeff's laughing because he hates Clemson. He, he's a notified or certified Clemson hater. Uh, you know, when you look at what Clemson did, uh, they, had a, they had a terrible game. Played NC State. They, they should have lost in regular uh, in the regular in fourth, you know, fourth quarter. At, at the end of the fourth quarter, they got lucky. They go into overtime, and they lose to NC State 27-21. to We talked about Devin Leary as being a kind of guy that you watch out. He had four touchdowns. Like, as far as C2C goes, I like Devin Leary from NC State. Ameka Amizi, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He had 14 catches, 116 yards. But the real the real thing is Clemson. Uh, what is Clemson to you, Jeff? Are they overrated? Do you think that, you know, they have a problem there? Is, is DJU overrated? What do you think? I, I, you know, it makes me think higher of Trevor Lawrence. And, and I was very critical about the scheme that they put Trevor Lawrence in throughout the process. And it seems now like he was really saying in Travis Etienne, I think not having a back step forward has really hurt this offense. And I think that we saw how much Travis Etienne meant to them, somebody that can break runs and, and do those type of things that he was able to do. I, you know, and I, I, and Lawrence has been there. And so, it almost makes you wonder going back to Chad Morris as after he left, has this offense just been a bad scheme that everybody's figured out that the talent level of Lawrence and ETN just overcame. And then the moment that they're gone, it's just, 
not there anymore. Uh, you know, it's I think it's fair to question Dabo right now, the way things are going, because it does seem like Dabo might be the most arrogant coach in America. And so if he's got it all figured out, he thinks, and it's clearly not. And, you know, it's, I'm not a fan of the, the coach Dabo Sweeney. And um, it just seems like he a little bit of a snake oil salesman in my mind. And, and so I would be selling Clemson hard right now that they, we know that they have talent. And so, but I don't know. You know, Skalski is he's he an NFL talent? Is Nolan Turner an NFL talent? I mean, they've got these guys that it just feels like Clemson has been in the same program for a while where you'd expect there to be NFL talent. And and it's one of those that you know, I talk about it with Ohio State, we talk about it with Clemson. If you were Alabama doesn't run into the situation, but if you're a guy that is playing there for four or five years, there's a problem because you should be in the NFL at these programs. And so the fact that Willing is a very fair question, and and so again, their schedule. We talked about it when they lost the Georgia game. It kind of seemed like they would be eleven and one, and we were twelve and one, and we weren't sure if they would sneak into the playoffs because I think that that Georgia game left a very bad taste in our mouth. Is there going to be another team out there that beats them? But right now they're sitting at twenty five, so it's it's hard to call them overrated but at the same time there are some unranked teams that i think are some very good football teams that and a couple of them we'll talk about a little bit later i don't know clemson seems capable of losing about anybody and somehow right now it's when i saw the line at 16 points against boston college i feel like i'd be grabbing 16 points against this clemson offense right now and especially what we saw boston college give them a run last year Christian, you're the quarterback guru. What do you think of DJU? Do you think that we ought to be concerned about him, or do you think this is just the product of the offense? I think there's cause for concern at this point. I mean, yes, the offense sucks, um, it, and it has sucked, and we know that. Uh, we thought that uh, Uyunglele would overcome that because the last two quarterbacks there have, and he's not the same type of quarterback. Like, he's very – he looks like a statue quarterback and that's, I mean, we know that that's not going to work at the next level uh, to the point that like, of course, you know, people will say, Oh, well, Mac Jones got drafted. Mac Jones. I mean, he can move a little bit. And I question if Uyangalala can right now. And the reason I'm actually more concerned is his release. It almost looks longer this year than it did last year. It's like he tweaked something in his mechanics that made him worse. And so, I, I mean, I know that he had work to do based on his play last year, but I think he's got a lot of developing to do, and it's really, really hard to develop within that system. I mean, we, we're seeing it right now with, with Trevor Lawrence. Um, we saw early career of Deshaun Watson as well, where, you know, he, he threw some picks and he still threw some bad balls. Uh, that's what Trevor Lawrence is doing. And honestly, right now it doesn't look like DJU is even – close to their caliber of, of a player. So um, good on you, Kevin, for ranking Bryce Young as QB1 when it wasn't very cool to do it. That's very, very clear now. Uh, I don't think he's really – I don't know if he's in the same tier, to be honest. That class is getting interesting, guys, because there's not a lot of dudes in that class that like we're thinking about being like top guys. Because, I mean, you got Bryce Young. I mean, we, know, we can't put CJ Stroud up there. Uh, DJ is there. Max Johnson, I don't trust Max Johnson from what I've seen this year. He's looked good against shitty teams, but he's not looked good against 
good teams. Uh, Anthony Richardson would be like the guy that I think has potential, but you, yeah, Mullen's a jackass and for some reason just won't, you know, get him on the field. Michael Pratt is actually talked about up there. When you start talking about Michael Pratt as being kind of like your guys uh, from Tulane, like, uh, you know, who should be up there is Harrison Bailey, right, Christian? We should free yeah. Harrison Bailey at some point. Uh, but that class is interesting, right, Jeff? Like, I mean, who is, who's your top three? Well, you know, it goes to that question that we've been talking about the 23 class. And I think almost every analyst has been talking about the 23 class in comparison to the 22 class. But are we really just talking about Bajan and probably Bryce Young? Running and, and, talking about the running backs and Bryce. Yeah. yeah. And right. And, yeah. So I think DJ's struggles really just changes the complexion on that class and the yeah. valuation of those draft picks that, you know, people have been loading up and, and going for. It's like, yeah, even, yeah, Boutte is good, but at the same time, it's really Bajan. And, and that's what you're really buying picks for, for the 23 to, to get in the lottery that you might give Bajan Robinson right now. And so it, my, my top three, gosh, it's, it's really hard right now to go beyond Bryce Young. Yeah, you you'd like to think that DJ Uyangalele will figure it out just because of the pedigree, but you know Christian's exactly right that there's concerns, and if this offense, if Dabo can't figure out this offense, and if if there's, I don't know, but they're Never the has. wide receivers are there, like you know, and God is good. Justin Ross is good. It's there's it just doesn't make sense to me that they would be this bad, and so it's just you know it's, it's hard for me to click on what is exactly going on. Yeah, no. I, I, no I, did, I did want to say too, Justin Ross lost them that football game. Uh granted, like they they played poorly um for most of the game, but Justin Ross didn't even put his hands up. It's, it's perfectly thrown ball. Like, and we might be talking about DJU a little different today. Probably not, because there's still a lot of concerns that we've seen. We saw it in the Georgia Tech game too. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know why Justin Ross just decided, hmm. I'm not going to try to catch that, even though it's right here. It's very strange. And, and you know, there's been question marks about Ross, and it's not just the injury stuff. I brought it up this sophomore year, it did not look great. And so, you know, when we're talking about people are still saying that he's a top three wide receivers class, they're full, they're full of shit. Like, it's just not there anymore. Like, he's got to develop better, and I just don't see it. But let's go to one quarterback that's struggling to another quarterback that's struggling, Oklahoma. It, they hung on against a tough West Virginia team. I don't think they covered, though. 16-13. Uh, uh, you know, Spencer Rather at 256 yards, a touchdown interception. The home field advantage was kind of against Rather. They were cheering for Caleb Williams, which you never want to see out there. Uh, Eric Gray, 12 carries, 38 yards. I'm still waiting for the Eric Gray breakout season everybody was telling me about. Uh, Michael Woods was a receiving uh, receiving guy. Uh, he had eight catches, 86 yards. He had a good game. Gray did have 52 yards receiving. Mario Williams was there. Marvin Mims was kind of non-existent. You know, this uh, th this Oklahoma team is struggling right now. Now, they're ranked fourth, but we know they're not playing like that. Rattler should rather be getting benched, Christian. Well, um, you know, I think if if we're calling for C.J. Stroud to hit the bench, which I was, um, and, and I think a lot of people were and a lot of Ohio State fans were, I, I think it's justified to say, let's see what we have in Caleb because – Rattler ultimately now I, I do think that it's based on the just stupid hype that I don't think he deserved in the first place. Um, yes, he he posted a really good 2020. It was a weird year and he struggled 
mightily at the beginning of the year. And so we're seeing a lot of those struggles come back and it can't help uh, when your, your fans are just screaming literally at the top of their lungs and you can hear it on the broadcast for your backup. Um, my concerns with Rattler, it's so strange because the kid has so many tools. Uh, he can make every throw possible. The problem is he chooses to try that every single play. He throws in the triple coverage still. He's throwing bad interceptions. He gets deep into pockets. It's it's a lot of concerning things. And I think some NFL teams probably going to overlook it and say we can fix that. But I don't know. Uh, I don't think he's anywhere near a sure thing. And I don't have him in my top three in the 2022 class anymore. So, Jeff, I know that was your guy. So I'm sorry. But yeah, well, <laughs> it's it's frustrating to me because and, and this, this is something that I've talked to you guys about, you know, off air and whatnot that. I watched Rattler the beginning of last year and he looked exactly like he looked this year. He got benched in the Texas game. And then when he came back, he was very, very conservative. And I had that in my mind that that was my, I pegged it exactly what he's looking like. And, and, you know, I allowed other analysis to kind of bleed in and trick me into thinking that, you know, Oh, he'd gotten figured out. He's the exact same player. He was last year before he got benched and Lincoln Riley already last year. And he's just, yeah, he's going to throw hospital balls up into coverage. He doesn't, he doesn't care. And so it, it's frustrating. I'm, I'm upset with myself. And it's something that I know I've talked to you guys offline that I'm working on that trusting my evaluations a little bit more because I would feel like I was right on this one. And I believe the hype. I believe that, you know, everything was set up for a perfect Heisman run for him. The, the thing with Oklahoma, when you look at him now, though, the way the college football playoff is set up, they haven't lost yet. And it seems like yeah. they should have, but they haven't lost yet. And, and you know, I go back to the Notre Dame team from, I think it was 2015, the Notre Dame team that year, where it was like this team eight different times, and they just didn't. And they figured out the ways to win. And then when they got into the playoff, they got into the championship game against Alabama, and they had their doors blown off. And so it just kind of feels like right now, you know, I, I said preseason, I would expect Oklahoma to drop one of these games. The way they're playing, I would still hold that expectation that they're going to do. But it's survive in advance in college football, and they haven't lost yet. And I do think it's kind of funny. We talked about Arkansas at the beginning of the show. Who would have thought, you know, a couple months ago that Mike Woods would be leaving Arkansas to go to a worse team in Oklahoma? So I think that's kind of funny. But, um, yeah, no, I think you're exactly right on Rattler. And, and that's a, something that I saw last year before he got benched. And when he did come be get benched, he played much more conservatively. And maybe he does need to get benched to see that. The, the difference is this year versus last year, I think it was Austin Kendall that played when he got benched or whoever it might have been. It's Caleb Williams, and and so if he comes in, that job might not be his again. And and I joked during the game that we might be seeing him. Northwestern seems to be the collection point for all ballyhooed quarterbacks who flame out. They they always end up bouncing through Northwestern at some point in time. So I don't know. You know, I don't know if we're talking about the 22-22 class for Rattler or if we're talking about a transfer portal potentially for Rattler because he gets benched, loses his job, and he just can't go to the NFL. But Again, it, he seems like a guy that would have the false sense of confidence that he would go to the NFL anyways, and things probably wouldn't end well. 
Yeah, there's a lot going on here with that Rattler. I like Rattler. I still like Rattler. I'm still on that like weird train of like if he can put it together, I think he could be really good. Uh, but it's all I keep saying that, and it's it, it slowly like to me like, would you rather have Malik Willis or Rattler at this point? I think I'd rather Malik Willis at this point. I also have Willis ranked ahead right now. Yeah, uh, so it's close though. I, I think they're tied, and I just prefer Willis because I'm mad at Rattler for not developing. So, <laughs> but, but I think when you know what we're doing right now with especially the Debbie, the fantasy aspect of it, if Willis hits, his ceiling's just higher than Rattler's ceiling yeah. is when you know the, the rushing aspect. And so, I've and that that's part of the evaluation. And, and I think that some of it is we like to play at scout, and and we're not none of us are quite as good as we think we are at doing it, and so some of it's you got to couch it a little bit and say, what's the best possible outcome for this guy. And and if the best possible outcome for Malik Willis is Jalen hurts or plus when it comes to fantasy, a guy that's going to be out there dropping 25, 30 point games at the NFL level versus the best possible outcome for Spencer Rattler. You know, I, I had joked previously that he kind of reminds me of JP Lossman <laughs> a little bit, you know, and that's kind of the way back machine. And if you're not, if you don't remember that, it's just very toolsy guy that he just doesn't quite put it all together. And it seems like there's some other stuff going on. And, and right now, like that's kind of where he's sitting in my mind. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think it, we always look at it from that perspective. But like, I also think like JT Daniels from Georgia's had a okay year. Like we've been asking about him. I know there's some moments where I think he's rising up a little bit too. Like Spencer's got to get his stuff together. I think he's falling down boards a little bit. And, and I still... I, I, there's still a lot of football to get played. So I do want everybody to know, like I still, there's like Corral's got a huge game this week. We're going to talk about Willis. He doesn't have any games. That's huge. He did not look good. The first half against Syracuse, he did look better as he got, got him more comfortable. They got him in there. So like, there's some question marks in this class, but rather, like you said, you guys all hit on the head with Rattler. I, I'm holding out hope that his tools can be there, but it's this, it's his mind. There's something going on up there that he's got to figure out. Uh, the last one, that will be quick just because I thought it was funny. Arizona football, uh, you know, put out a flyer on Twitter <laughs> saying that they're having walk-on tryouts. So if you want to pull your best Rudy, if you go into Arizona, go walk-on and you can play. How far has this program fallen that they have to have walk-on tryouts? Jeff, do you have any eligibility left? Do you think you can go out there? Or are you? I, right? I don't think I could do it. You know, I talked – I had – talked the other day about um the jokes about ben roethlisberger are making me realize that my football window is closed because i'm pretty <laughs> close in age to him um so i don't think i could hang on arizona but th is this the worst team in power five and and kevin like you know you're out in that area of the country and so it, it's foreign to me but it just kind of seems like Arizona would be a pretty cool place to go if I were an 18-year-old and, and you know, wanted to play football somewhere. And so the fact that they're this bad, it you know, it's just one of those where it's like, hey, why are you going to Iowa? Who do you go, go to Arizona and get paid to be there? Um, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Bad, bad program. Um, but I can confidently say that I also would not make the team even if I did have eligibility left, you know. Um, but there are some kids out there that they're, they're training right now. They saw that flyer and they are just they're It's still light out over there, I think. So they're on the field right now. They got their cleats ready. Good for them.
Good like luck. 4 p.m. Four in the afternoon over there. What are you talking hey, about? I know. Kevin, uh, Kevin Sumlin had did a terrible job at Arizona. And you see now the lasting effects of it. Uh, and I think that's the problem that you see there. But their head coach now is Jed Fish. I don't know if you guys know who that is. He is like an assistant everywhere. He, I think he was the last assistant in New England. Uh, the Patriots said they they're just they have no talent. I think that's the thing. But yeah, you're right. Arizona is a top notch party. Oh man, it was amazing. I've been to Arizona and Arizona State. Let me tell you what: if you're young, those are the states you want to go to. Uh, and especially if you're male, just telling you guys now, like that's where you want to go. Don't tell my wife. Uh, but that is those are the two schools. If you want to go anywhere, Tony, recruiting wise, I don't know how you don't win there. It's hot as shit. But, you know, you have that. Uh, let's talk about uh, the next part of it. Let's just some Debbie kind of fall out and, and look at if we, if we believe in him or not. And we're going to go to Jeff because he's a resident Ohio State guy. Kyle McCord, how did you think he played on, on Saturday? You know, he played Akron, so it's, it's hard to judge. Um, he settled in, certainly. Early in the game, he looked like C.J. Stroud. He was, like, missing throws high, um, but he, he settled in, and, and he made some, some throws that we haven't seen C.J. Stroud make yet this year. And so I'm, I would love to see more of Kyle McCord over C.J. Stroud, certainly. I just I think we all are, are on the same page there that the, he's just got better arm talent than Stroud. And, you know, the athleticism of Stroud doesn't really matter if he's afraid of the shoulder injury or why ever he's not running because he, he wasn't running before. So if the, the guy's not going to run anyways, then throw the guy, play the guy that can actually throw the ball. So that's where I, I land on McCord. Hopefully Ryan Day will give him another opportunity this week against Rutgers and, maybe the situation where he keeps going out there. Yep. My, my favorite part of the show thus far has been, how did he play? He played Akron. Um, and <laughs> I, that kind of does sum it up. I mean, comic he made some nice throws, but some of his throws, I mean, they weren't very well placed. It was just such bad coverage. I think the uh, Smith and Jingba um, touchdown was one of those where it was kind of underthrown. The coverage was just terrible, and JSN's just a great receiver. But McCord has a hose, man. Like <laughs> that kid can throw to the opposite hash uh, with velocity, and I think that's Stroud can too. It's just he doesn't accurately, and so I'd like to see if McCord can can build on it. Ryan Day at halftime, though, I don't know if he was shook up because his linebacker just quit um, right before that, or if he was just thoroughly actually upset with Kyle McCord but he was asked how, how do you think he played and he was like okay he played okay he wasn't very happy so we'll see how it plays out I guess this weekend um, but I think McCord deserves a shot man I really do but is Ryan Day so, ever happy like no, I, that's the, I okay. All right. but right, I, I do you know a little bit of game theory conceptually the goal for Ohio State football is to make the playoff. We all know that. And you're looking right now, and you've got Oregon is going to have this trump card over you. Unless Oregon were to lose multiple games, they're going to be sitting there. You know, what happens between Cincinnati and Notre Dame? This almost could be a playoff game this weekend, depending on how both of these teams play out. If you're Ohio State, you need to change the narrative and you need to allow the narrative to be hey, we are a different team with Kyle McCord at quarterback than what we were with C.J. Stroud. And that's the easiest way to do it. And and I think that that should be a consideration when you're reaching for that goal of being in the college football playoff. And especially if you evaluate both of these players as very close in your program, 
nationally outside of the program that allows a different talking point when you get there with that one loss sitting there the weekend after you blow the doors off Michigan and whatever else it might be about uh, when that committee is in that room (laughs) saying that this is a different team that we saw the second half of the year when Kyle McCord took over. Come on, you you could have left Michigan out of this. I I will say (laughs) – that I thought Kyle McCord played great. I don't think it matters because if you want any quarterback on this roster, it's yours, right? Like as far as Debbie goes. Yeah, absolutely. But it sounds like he's just not ready. And, and Which is fine. Um, but I think that like, I, I, I don't want to say they're sell candidates if you have them in Debbie, but I wouldn't necessarily like Stroud. I'm trying to, if I had Stroud, I don't have Stroud, but if I had Stroud, I would definitely try to be moving him. Or maybe when he transfers, maybe his value will go up because he's going to transfer. I don't see how he doesn't transfer. Uh, but to me, it's yours, right? Like, it doesn't matter. I, that's why I like, all these arguments that people – now, for this season, I'd probably rather have McCord. But as far as, like, a Debbie perspective, I only want yours. And if I can't get him, I don't care. I, I think with that, though, I think McCord goes too. You know, like, if he loses okay. that job, he's going somewhere. And yeah. so I still think he has, like, Debbie relevance because, that. I mean, he has an NFL arm. Yeah. Right now, he has an NFL arm. So – um, you, you hope that maybe he can add a little more athleticism. He, he kind of looks like what Joe Burrow looked like when he was at Ohio State, you know, uh, except with a strong arm and actually good. Um, and so I, I think he'll, he'd hold value, but if you can capitalize on him being the starter there this year, knowing that he's not going to be the starter there next year, I think that is important, especially in C2C format. Yeah, no, I, I still, yeah, that's fair. Um, but it'll be interesting after both these guys transfer what that Quinn yours looks like. All right, let's go to our uh, our games of the week. Uh, we have three games of the week this week, a lot better than last week. Arkansas at Georgia. I'm not sure which one of you guys wrote about this one. Did anybody of you guys write about this one? Oh, Christian. All right, so Christian, what do you got for the Arkansas-Georgia game? Best game of the weekend by a lot. Um, the, the spread here, it makes sense for how we've seen Georgia play, but it doesn't make sense for uh, how we've seen Arkansas play. Uh, and so um, I, I think what we're going to see is just two very, very athletic teams that this game is determined by. This sounds so stupid and cliche, but who wants it more? Uh, you've got <laughs> capable players out there. I think the trench play is going to determine this game. Uh, I, I think the Georgia offense is going to struggle a bit. Uh, the, the secondary for Arkansas is very, very good, and their defensive line is no joke either. I think Georgia has to ride Zamir White if they plan to win this game, uh, and I think Arkansas has to really feed Traylon Burks, whether that's behind the line of scrimmage and let him run or if it's uh, hope that their offensive line can hold up and they can get a deep ball. But this is uh, this is going to be an exciting game. If you like, fo- it might not be great for fantasy this weekend uh, because I think it will be a defensive game. Hey, is who wants it more on a spreadsheet out there? Someone or can we put that on a spreadsheet out there or no? Yeah, the who wants it more metric. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna Trademark. ask all these bulletproof. <laughs> all right, Jeff, do you have anything about this game? My concern would be turnovers from Arkansas' standpoint. So we saw KJ Jefferson make some questionable decisions against Texas A and M. He got bailed out a little bit. You know, there were there was a bad throw towards the end of the game, late into the middle of the end zone that he got bailed out of, um, and they were able to get three points to put that push that to ten points. So that would be my concern, especially from the Arkansas standpoint, that if Jefferson puts the ball in jeopardy and this Georgia defense we've saw what it's capable of against Clemson. So 
and I wrote about in the primer um, two weeks ago, uh, last week's about how defense is just taking over college football. And so it's just different than what we've seen the last couple of years And this game, probably more so than any other game this year exemplifies that I do tend to, we will get to there at another point, but um, the, what the desert thinks about this game, I'm walking it back and it just seems pretty wild because you know, it, it's one of those that if Arkansas scores 10 to 17 to 24 points, then George is going to have to put up a big number on this Arkansas defense that I'm not sure that they're capable of doing. Yeah, but yeah, I know. I think Georgia is also, or Vegas is looking at what Georgia did to Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt is trash. So there is that too. Like they put up all those points. I, I, I agree, though. I, I do see that. Uh, all right, second game Cincinnati at Notre Dame, a game that I'm actually kind of interested in. I believe Jeff is writing about this one, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, what do you What do you think about this game? Cincinnati Notre Dame. You're a true Notre Dame hater too. Like you're everything mm-hmm. hater in general. You're old and you just you just hate everything. But I'm like, I'm, you know. I'm a, a Buckeye and I hate everything else basically. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So what do you think here, Cincinnati? I did write about Cincinnati this week because in my part of the primer, I talked about how maybe a non-Power 5 team can maybe make it to the playoff. And I said, really, it's Cincinnati has the best shot. If they win this game and they can win out, then we're probably looking at them as a four seed, just as kind of there. So do you think they have enough to win this game? The wild card, Marcus Freeman makes this interesting. I mean, he just adds a very interesting dynamic that to this game that I think that if he weren't there, that Notre Dame could be certainly they see this as maybe even their biggest game left on their schedule. And so they're, they'll be primed up for that. But the performances that we've seen put forward, I mean, if, if this Cincinnati team would have caught them week one or week two, this would have been a woodshed and people would have been raising some eyes around college football. I think that Freeman makes this thing interesting because you'd have to believe that his players are going to be focused on winning this game for him. And defense is going to have to be where Notre Dame wins this game. If Cincinnati is able to get it running, um, if Desmond Ritter is able to get it rolling and and Jerome Ford in the backfield, I think there's a chance that Cincinnati really puts this on Notre Dame. I I feel as though uh, if – if Notre Dame didn't get those pick sixes and just run up the score at the end of that game, I would feel – I personally would feel more comfortable taking Cincinnati in this game just because of what we've seen from Cincinnati. But Notre Dame does have an explosive defense, and so I I think this is going to be another tight, tightly contested game. I'm excited about both these teams, uh, these games too. Like it's this is when we start week five is going to the narrative is going to start. Okay, who's real? Who isn't? And we, we can kind of go here. Uh, the last game, which I think is the favorite game, so you know we're all in a disagreement <laughs> on that one, is Ole Miss and Alabama. But part of me is just because I want to see Corral and what he is. And so I think there's a lot of good storylines in this game. Lane Kiffin, he shredded Alabama's defense last season, 650 yards, put up 48 points against them. Unfortunately, I think they gave up 63. Uh, that was a game that Najee Harris just went bonkers. Like, it wasn't even fair. Uh, can Matt Corral prove that he's a true QB one in the 2022 class? Like people are talking about it. He's got to step up against Alabama. Last year against Alabama, he had a good game. He didn't throw any interceptions, two touchdowns. I think at three and some yards, he looked really good. Can he duplicate that? Will Ole Miss's defense be good enough to stop Bryce Young? 
Can that offense really elevate itself? And Lane Kiffin's offense this season, they're number one in average yards per game, 633 yards. Number one in average points per game, 52. Number four in rushing yards per game, 298. And number 11 in passing yards at 336. So this offense can can zoom, can go. And Kiffin knows that defensive call. Uh, the one thing I read about, I, I listened to Saban recently. He talked about how they don't change their terminology at all. Every year it's the same. They make their coaches learn it. So that means Lane knows what these guys are out here. What the now the scheme might be a little different, but he knows generally this team, and he was there for so long. He had to pick up something when he wasn't hanging out at sororities. So there's gonna be that. So for me, it's like can Corral and them kind of outscore this team? Because I don't think they can hold off Bryce Young. This is gonna to me be a shootout if it's close. If it's not, I mean Alabama's just gonna kick their ass, I think. But if it's close, that means it's going to be a shootout. I don't think a low-scoring close game is going to happen here. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think this is – these are the two Heisman favorites right now uh, in yeah. Bryce Chung and, and Matt Corral. So uh, <clears throat> I think this – we have to consider, too, that Alabama's defense is not as good as they were last year, and they were able to do that last year. And so I, I think – Yeah, that's true. I, I think this is going to be a fun game. Um now, I will say this is my favorite offensive football game of the weekend. Uh, the others would be my favorite defensive football games. Uh, but there's a place in my heart for both. So uh, I'm excited. All right. Uh, Alabama hater, do you have anything before we, we move on? You know, if there is any program in the SEC that has given Saban nightmares, it is Ole Miss. And so, you know, this kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, the, the old Swag Kelly Ole Miss teams down oh, in the God. Grove and, and against, uh, I think they beat Saban two years in a row, the Hugh Freeze team. And so it's it's just got some of those vibes to this game that, um, you, you know, it, Matt Coral, Matt Coral could almost met the Heisman in this game. It, you yeah. know, if he comes out there and, and drops five or six touchdowns and they, they win this game. But I'm, I'm excited. All three of these games, man. I'm, I'm just excited. After last weekend, and my messages will not be the same last <laughs> as they were last weekend with this weekend and what we have on the docket. And, and it's just an exciting weekend of football. Yeah, I purposely set up something last weekend knowing I was going to watch football this weekend. So that's how you have to do it, like with the with the family. All right, so those are the games. Uh, let's let's get into uh, you know let's do the sports book rundown. So let's let's talk about this. And me and Christian are going to try to beat Jeff at some point. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, guys. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice already, and that's not a great sign. Um, so last week, Jeff and I actually tied. Um, so I came back from the dead. Uh, season long, still very bad. 11 and 22 for me. Jeff is still our season leader at 21 and 12. And Kevin is ahead of me at 15 and 18. Uh, but last week, Jeff and I went four and three. Kevin went three and four. So we had a pretty decent week <clears throat> overall. Uh, this week we have another slate of seven games. I don't, I don't know why we chose seven. Jeff, was there a, a purpose? Is it a I touchdown? I like number seven. So. Okay. Okay. I like that. Uh, so we have another seven games, and there are a lot of good ones here and, and kind of difficult picks. So we're going to start here with Arkansas at Georgia. We talked about it. The line this week is 18 and a half in favor of Georgia. Uh, Kevin, who are you taking on this game? All right. I'm going to – I'm calling it. I'm going five and two this week. So you guys got to get a five and two or better than me. I'm going Arkansas. 18 and a half is a lot of points uh, like we talked about. I do think Georgia's good, but I think Arkansas can keep it close and get a backdoor cover. Okay, Jeff. 
when did we decide that Christian gets to go last? First of all, but anyways, so I, again, I, I touched on it earlier. I mean, if, if Arkansas gets to 17 points, you know, George has got to put up 36 points on this defense. And so it's one of those that I just think the number's wrong. And so that's why I'm going to go with Arkansas. Yeah, I am actually along the same. I actually think this is a game that Arkansas could win. Um, oh, absolutely. Now, and, yeah. and if I believe that, then I have to take them against that, that high total. Um, Are you sure, Christian? Are you sure that's what you want to do? I am positive. All right, all right. Uh, I just want to check. I, I just uh, want to check. I, I do. I premeditate <laughs> some of these. I'll make it sound like I'm stealing your picks. But um, all right. Next game we have Cincinnati, two and a half point favorites at Notre Dame. Uh, I'll go first this time since uh, I don't want to make Jeff upset. Uh, this game, you know, I, I kind of alluded to it when we just talked about it, but I, I do think that Notre Dame is better than I've sold them on this show. I mean, I do think that what they're able to do on defense and what they're able to kind of just scrap together on offense might be good enough uh, in this game. And I'm going to take Notre Dame. If not to win, I think there's a one-point game if Cincinnati wins. So I will take Notre Dame here. Kevin, you're next. Yeah, now I'm worried because I was going to pick Notre Dame, but then you picked Notre Dame. I will say I'm going Desmond. I'm going against Desmond Ritter. So I'm going to take Notre Dame. Just kind of what you mentioned, I think he can make mistakes. And I think if Ritter makes those mistakes that you see, I think Notre Dame can capitalize. I do hate that I'm putting money on Jack Cohn. So I, I understand that. But I do think they lean on Kyron a little bit. But I don't, I don't trust Ritter and his – like they should have lost at Indiana game. Uh, and it, part of it was because of his quarterback play. It wasn't that great. He bailed them out, but he also got him into that situation. So I, you can't do that against Notre Dame because they are well coached. Even though Kelly drives me nuts, they are very well coached in terms of like turnovers, that type of aspect. So I think it's going to be very, very close, but I'm going to go Notre Dame. That's fair. I called my shot a couple months ago. I said, you know, watch out for this game. Notre Dame's coming off a body count game against Wisconsin. So, um, and I know that as I'm watching this game, I'm going to be pulling hard for Cincinnati. I have a family that is a coach at Cincinnati and I feel a little bit bad. I picked against them in the Indiana game. I'm rolling with them. I, I got to go with Cincinnati. That's fair. I mean, yeah. And you got to stick to takes. You, know, you can't back off um okay this game oldness at alabama this line is crazy to me too two and a half point line alabama did justify um but jeff where did you go first this time so i'm gonna go with old miss in this game with the 14 and a half point line um you know i, I talked about they seem to be a bugaboo for Saban, and I just think it's one of those that even if Alabama looks good, they can win by 14 and not cover. So I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. I have to go Ole Miss as well. <clears throat> I think if Corral's legit, uh, and I think he is, um, I, I think he puts up points, and I don't think this Alabama defense is as good. Florida. Florida covered. If Florida covered, Ole Miss can cover. Kevin, who you take? 
Well, boys, we found our game where we all pick one oh, team no. and they're going to lose. Because I can't go against Matt Corral. Like, I've been on the Matt Corral train for a long time. Like, I got to go. I was going to go Ole Miss here. I did not expect you all to pick Ole Miss. And, like, I think we may have found our, our, our game that we're, we're, we're going to be looking back on. I say I can't believe we picked it. Yeah. <clears throat> could have been. It could be the Arkansas-Georgia game, too. Though, no, that's true. that's true. That's <clears throat> um, All right. Next up, we have Iowa, four-point road favorites at maryland uh, i think we'll be talking about a maryland football player here in a little bit uh, but kevin who you take in this game i'm going maryland i think maryland's offensive explosive you have Tagalo over there i think you know he he's legit demons those guys there i think that maryland comes in i think they're going to be iowa they're going to have iowa's first loss in the year okay jeff How's Maryland not ranked? Like it, it just blows my mind because yeah, you know, you, there's name value. I, I really like what Mike Locksley's doing with this program, and you give me well. four points on. Um, this is going to be an exciting game. This is Friday night, so this is kind of by itself in on prime time. So unless you go to high school. You know, it's one of those that this just feels like weird things happen on Friday night games on uh, at home, and so uh, that's yeah. why I'm taking Maryland. I will echo that and I will say weird things happen and I think the weird thing that would happen would be Iowa winning uh, because I don't I would love to pick Maryland because I think that their offense is super explosive this is going to be a fun game to watch um, <clears throat> but I'll take Iowa simply simply because you guys took Maryland and I want to win one of these times so um <laughs> Don't t- don't take my advice on this game. Uh, all right, next game: Baylor at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is four point home favorites. We all picked against them last week. We were all wrong. We <clears throat> and so, Kevin, who are you picking in this one? Oklahoma State. I feel like I've been picking against them and always getting this wrong. But I'm taking Baylor. Give me Baylor. You know what? Shout out to Baylor. They've kind of rebuilt that program. Obviously, okay, um, they've had to a little bit. Bohannon there is doing a really good job. I think that he is good. Smith. 57 carries, 413 yards, five touchdowns. Like, R.J. Snead looks good. Like, I think it's going to be close, but give me Baylor. Okay, I'll go next year. Uh, I'm taking Oklahoma State simply because I think this is a letdown game for Baylor. Uh, I, I think they just came off that, that big ups, upset last week. Um, and so I think they go in there, and I think Oklahoma State wins. Jeff? I was going to, I'm going to go Oklahoma state too. Um, you know, like Kevin said, we got this game wrong last week, but um, I think that Oklahoma state is playing pretty well right now. And Baylor is building some things, but I'm not quite sure that if they get Oklahoma state's best game, the four points feels pretty easy. Yeah. All right. We found the game. I'm going to beat you guys on. So that's nice. Probably. I'll check that down. Probably. Probably. Uh, all right. Next game. This is one that, it's going to be tough for you, Kevin, but we'll make that go first. Yes. Uh, Michigan, one-point favorite at Wisconsin <sighs> currently. So uh, pretty much a pick em. and those are always really difficult. Jeff, that's why we're making you go first. That's what you get for being the season leader. Is this a night game? Kevin. Uh, it's at 9 a.m. It's at 9 a.m. 12, 12, 12, 12, 12 p.m. 12, you're weird. I was going to say, it's rolling out. Can't it's break until 9, 9, 9 o'clock in the morning. That would add a different dynamic. Um, uh, yeah, so I think that if this were, 
I just I just think Wisconsin's a bad team, man. I really do. Um, so I think no, Michigan's going to beat him. Okay, Kevin. I'm a, I got to pick Michigan, but this game worries the hell out of me as a Michigan fan. Like JJ McCarthy should be starting. Uh, that's just how I feel. But Michigan should win this game. But I could see some weird shit happening. Just to be honest. Yeah, Michigan didn't look as good last week. Um, no. And now they didn't. I mean, they pulled it out. Um, I don't want this to be, you know, I don't want to pick Michigan and then this be the one that we're all wrong about just for, for sake of Kevin's feelings. <laughs> uh, but I think I have to. I, I think I'm picking Michigan. I just, I agree with Jeff. I don't think Wisconsin's good. I think Graham Mertz is trash. I think Jack Cohn should have just stayed there. And then we could see Tyler Butchner. Uh, please, uh, or, or Drew Pine, anyone, uh, just not Jack Cohn. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Michigan. I'm sorry, Kevin. This might be the one. Um, last game, Oregon, eight-point road favorites at Stanford. Uh, Tanner McKee's playing really well. He's top 10 in uh, total college EPA, I believe, right now. Uh, it, it might just be QBR, but he, he's up there in EPA as well. Uh, but Oregon's rolling. So, Kevin, who are you taking in this game? Yeah, you know, Tanner McKee looks good. I, I shout out to him. I know I've, I've written about him. I like him. I just think that Oregon – minus eight's a lot, uh, especially with this Oregon team, which I don't really believe in. But I just think that Oregon's a better better team. That Eight scares me, though, because I could see it being seven. But I'm going to take Oregon in this one and hope for a two-touchdown win. Okay. Jeff? I'm going to go ahead and take the eight points. I'll take Stanford in um, the home team. So eight points, you know, I have a touchdown cushion. So I'll go with that. Yep. <clears throat> I'm still trying to figure out what to do here because I, that, one part of me believes that Oregon is due for like that letdown game. This could very well be it. Stanford beat USC. Not that USC is really anything, but Stanford literally forced Clay Helton out of the building. Um, now he's not going to do the same to anyone in Oregon. Uh, eight points is a lot. I'm, I'm going to take Oregon though. I, I think they, I think this comes down to like the final drive. They put in backups uh, with a minute left and somehow someone squeaks into the end zone to put them up 10. I'll take it. Oregon. Let's roll. So this right. is going to be well, a game that I win the week on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I hate you, Jeff. All right, let's. Uh, all right, so there's our game picks. We're doing pretty okay. I mean, that's pretty much the story of my life. Pretty okay. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to win money, you can. You can. You can pick. You can just take Jeff's picks. All right, so let's go to prospect poker. Rules of game are simple. We're gonna play a little poker. We're gonna toss three cards in the river. We'll hold two, and we're gonna talk about some Debbie stars and sleepers. And I think we've done a good job this year telling you guys you should watch and shouldn't watch. Uh, so Christian, uh, why, or Jeff can tell us what goes on the board, and Christian, you can give us who your Debbie star of the week is going to be. Yeah, so our, our turn, we have a 10 of clubs, a 7 of spades, and a 9 of clubs. So we've got a little bit of a straight sitting out there potentially, um, but Christian, go ahead first. Yeah, I'm going to start with my my Debbie star this week is Wandale Robinson. They get Florida, who has a pretty bad secondary uh, the Will Levis connection has been has been there this year. Uh, Wandale has over 400 yards on the season already, which uh, he is going to surpass his career high in just uh, five weeks uh, starting 
this weekend, no matter what. I mean, he's going to get 60 yards, I think. So uh, I, I think this is a game that Kentucky's going to contend, and, and I think Wandale is going to be a, a major part of that. So he's my star. All right, so Christian's turn is a four of hearts, so he's got nothing. Um, my star, so we talked about a little bit earlier, but Tululia Tagoliola. So <laughs> easy for me to that. say. I know. <laughs> Baby Tua, Lil Tua is how Baby I, Tua. Lil, Lil Tua, Tua is what I call yeah. it. So, um, you know, he's got that the exclusive window Friday night prime time. You know, Iowa number five in the nation coming in. And so this is might be his coming out party. And so certainly his name is well known, uh, uh, maybe not pronounceable for myself, but I think that this is going to be a great game for him. He might not light it up and put up big numbers, but this is one of those that everybody is going to be watching him and you know, this could propel Maryland to a very interesting season with still having Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State on their schedule. Yeah, for sure. All right, my turn. Oh, two of diamonds. Stuff. I got nothing. All right, come on, baby. I didn't get a win here. I'm struggling with life. Uh, all right, my 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 guy is Jamison Williams, uh, Alabama wide receiver. I think that I, I tweeted out and I got some crap for it, but I said that he is uh, the most important transfer. It could be the most important transfer we saw this offseason from Ohio State, and he's a playmaker. You know, he has 12 catches, 299 yards, three touchdowns. He has two return kicks for touchdowns. Uh, I did get some crap because someone said, oh, yeah, he's really going to turn around that Alabama program. But that's not what I meant. What I meant was he's just an impact guy. He's already he's leading this team in receiving. Mechie just basically said, no, Mechie, uh, James Williams better than you. Uh, and I think that we can start talking about him as a draft guy soon. I, I really do. I think that he has that value. We're going to see him rise up. Um, and I'm a big fan. So I'm looking forward to watching James Williams. I think he can have a big game against Ole Miss in a high-scoring game. So uh, keep on the lookout of him. And draft stock is is drastically improving. People did not like it when I said that this summer, by the way. They did not. Yeah. yeah. Oh. All right. Wow. Four of spades. We are nice. struggling, guys. That's great. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, my Debbie sleeper this week is Devin Leary. Um, so it, for those of you that don't know, I mean, we did mention Devin Leary once in the show, but Devin Leary put people on notice a little bit against against Clemson. Um, he had the game-winning touchdown throw, which was a freaking dot uh, right in the bucket of his receiver. It, just an absurd throw. And I, I got on Twitter right after, and I saw some draft guys that said, oh, I really liked him in summer scouting. And so I started to take a look. This kid's pretty good. Um, I don't know that he's going to be, you know, first-round NFL draft pick, <clears throat> but it is a guy to keep an eye on. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. I don't know what's happening with my voice. It's disgusting. Um, he's, he's an intriguing prospect to keep an eye on. He He's probably not coming out this year, but it could be one of those guys that, like, takes a leap next year and he gets Louisiana tech this week. So I, I think he's able to put up some stats. He's got some nice ones already this year. So we'll see how he continues. I'll so take Christians tossing out a high card of a Jack of clubs. So my guy is Rasheen Ali from Marshall. A he's a freshman slash sophomore slash freshman. He's got eight <laughs> touchdowns that is leading the nation right now in rushing touchdowns he returned a kick last week against appalachian state for a touchdown and the over under on his game against middle tennessee state is 66 and so i think marshall's going to throw up some fireworks and i think he's going to be a key portion of it that's fun this is terrible <laughs> jack of <laughs> jack of spades kevin just get an ace and win yes, please. that would be great that would be great <laughs> um my my kid now nah, i'm gonna get two to watch and my 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 kid is pat garo the third uh running back from uh boston college 58 214 he's got a big profile 
Uh, you know, to me, he's, he's come on a little bit these last few games against Missouri in overtime. Uh, they, they won 41-34, but he had 25 attempts, 175 and two touchdowns. Temple, he had a touchdown. He had 106 yards against um, UMass, which is UMass, but it's still, okay, he still put up the yards there. But I like this kid. I think that he, he can kind of lean on him now that Djokovic is hurt. So look for him to kind of get leaned on, and I think that he could have a big year for college football. Two. <laughs> Two clubs, you called it That's exactly what I said. Yeah, I know. I quit. Hey, I that that makes Christian the winner with a four of hearts as the high card. So that's nice disgusting. Yeah, that's cool. Good job. You got a yes. W. All right. So last game that we play is a little bit of blackjack, and so we play blackjack by playing trivia. So we'll ask a question, you get it right, that works for you. You get it wrong, then whatever is the worst possible outcome. So I need to win this to tie Christian this week. And Christian's going to toss out sitting on a 19. So good start for Christian. Kevin is sitting on a 19 as well. Just throw up a blackjack. Let's go. Um, I have 13. So does anybody have a, a question for me? Kevin, I'm, I'm going to need you to pull through here. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> all right. I, I'll make it simple-ish. Okay. For you, Jeff. Okay. What decade was fantasy football first started? So what decade was the first ever fantasy football league? I won't ask year because year is too hard, but what decade? Uh, 1970s? 60s. 1960s. I was going to say 60s. Fantasy league. 1962 was actually the first year that anybody ever played fantasy football. All right. So I'm right. Yeah, so I'm on 17 now. So, if you got another one, I've got one. I think I, I had one. <clears throat> okay, before Carson Palmer in 2002, who was the last Pac-10 player to win the Heisman? Uh, last Pac-10 player to win the Heisman. Marcus Allen. Correct. Good job. Ah, oh, look at you. I would have said OJ. I think that that puts me, what, let's see here. So I was at 13. <laughs> if I would have been dropped down to, I think I'm, does that put me at 21? Is that how that works? I don't know. So I was at 13. So if I had 17 and I got a three. Plus well, you did I miss the question, one. though. You did miss the question. So. Well, either yeah. way, though, Kevin, I think that yeah, you know, I think that I just right? hit 21. So you sure um, did. You won again. Congrats. Well, you yeah. can still try to get a two. I can tie. Three. Yeah. Someone hit me with tie. a question. I'm ready. Do you have a question, Jeff, or do I need to have a question? Well, well I can look up one. No, it's fine. Here, I, but... you know, we are so I'm terrible sorry. at this game. We got to figure out a new game <laughs> here. Um, I, I, for some reason, I always forget this one. I, I always I always forget this one. All right. Well, like we can't put the questions in the sheet as part of the problem. Uh, that is so, the problem. Oh, I also all forgot right, to do right. the graphics. So. I got, I got a, I got. Well, I don't have a football <laughs> one. I have an animal one. Um, sure. Okay. I just because I just googled quiz breaker. All right. The name of which African animal means river horse? Uh, hippo. Yeah. Look at you. Look at this. You Dang it. <laughs> Good ball. You busting anyways. Right. Yeah. Well, right, Jeff, you know, go ahead. I, You're 30 seconds. I'm so sick of listening to you say 30 seconds. We need to. Time. We yeah, got. We need to be. We got to win. We need to consult. So, so the thing that 
really gets my goat. And I I go <laughs> and I pick up my kids from daycare. And the daycare parking lot is huge. This is a very big set. It's a church. And so it's a big center. And so purposely, I will park away from everybody because I use urinal etiquette when I am parking in the daycare parking lot because I know I need to get in the door to get my children in. And I imagine other people do as well. And lately, regardless of where I park in this parking lot, somebody will park directly next to me. And I'm unable to get my door open. People, I know, I saw that there was a brain show that was people will follow other people. And, and that's just how it works. I'm telling you right now, stop parking next to me at daycare so I can get my kids in and out and they don't lose it at six o'clock and five o'clock. So that is my 30 seconds of FaceTime. And so again, you know, you can find us next week, the same time, October 5th at nine 30 Eastern until then. I'm Kevin Coleman at the boys underscore 22. I'm Jeff Ballard for whom J Bell told. And I'm Christian Williams at C Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale.